It's the Sagabit Swinging Report Show. Get ready for Saga news and commentary with your hosts, George and Barry. Hello and welcome to Namco Bandai Bits Swing and Report Show. I'm Barry and with me is George. Hello. And uh, no, actually this is the Sega Bits Swing and Report Show, but uh, we'll be talking a little bit about Project X Zone this week as well as a lot of little pieces of news. Uh, I know I was away for the last show, so I didn't get to talk about some E3 stuff, so I might have my say about that. But uh, first let's just talk about what we've been playing, George. Oh, I've been playing actually quite a few games. Uh, I've been playing um, uh, Super Meat Boy. I, I started that game up again because I want to beat it. It's it's that game's a that game's a pain in the ass. That's for sure. It's one it's it's one of those punishing like like it's a punishing game, but you, you it's okay because the levels are so short that you can just mm-hmm. restart them real quick and keep on going at it. Oh, like Trials Evolution yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, imagine a platformer game, but they just take the hard bits, and that's all you play, not, not the filler. Mm-hmm. So that's basically, so I'm playing that. Uh, I bought a game uh, called Ro, uh, Rocard, or Richard, or whatever how you say it. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of like a platformer, but with physics, and you shoot, and you have to solve puzzles, but it's like with a physics gun, and like, it's a 2D, and the guy kind of looks like Mario. There's obviously a lot of Mario influence in the game with the character. Okay. It's actually a pretty damn good game, and like uh, the the instrumentals on it is are really well done. Like it's a really well good. It's good music on it. Cool. And I barely started uh, Company Heroes too, because I'm about to do a review for that. How do you like it? It's getting really good reviews. Yeah, it is getting good reviews. It's a good. So far, it's a good game, but I, right now I'm in one of those stages where I have to learn stuff, and I'm like, oh, I have to learn stuff. Oh, I hate learning stuff. Right. You said the music's great. Oh yeah, the music's great. Yeah, I like the music. So, and and the voice acting is is really I mean everything is done like there's there's a certain feel to the game like you know, you feel like you're really are a commander and you really are the, you know what I mean? Like it feels like a World War 2 movie kind of that mm. epic. But yeah. That that's what cool. I've been that's what I've been playing. Nice. Uh let's see. I've been playing uh, I, I gave in and I got Animal Crossing New Leaf, so I've been playing that. Oh, I haven't even started that. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I picked it up on release day, and I didn't even know it was release day. I just walked in, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, I have a $5 off coupon. The guy was like, oh, you got the last one in the store. So, good for you. And you good for you. To- hey, do you want to put a protection thing on? I was like, oh, no, fuck. leave me. Oh, I hate when they ask that shit. I'm like, I, you know what? I like to hate myself when I ruin a game. I don't want to hate myself for paying ten dollars to have it protected it, uh they also uh, oh i did pick up that game and i picked up uh uh project x zone which we're gonna yeah talk you have the two games i'm playing yeah yeah go for it but uh it's good i like um i never knew what the animal crossing games were all about but it's just kind of like a really casual kind of like um it reminds me of harvest moon yeah yeah which sure. i was really into in high school i played um the PlayStation version where uh, I forgot what it was called. I think it was called like a harvest moon, a new beginning or something like that. But um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but I I like, I like animal crossing a little bit more just because it doesn't punish you for like missing a day so much. Um, 
but I, I really like how customizable it is. You can change the name of your town and the flag and the tune. So right now I'm living in Dobuita, and I made the Shenmue theme my uh, sound for everything. So, nice. I mean, I'm not a Shenmue fan at all. I hate the series, but clearly oh, I... Oh, oh. We're, we'll get into that after this. Yeah, yes. yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, I mean, there are days when I'm playing it, I'm like, oh, this is kind of boring. And then all of a sudden, they introduce a new element to the game. They're like, oh, there's an island you can go to. And I'm like, oh, shit. So, it's... The game it's, does the game does get boring after a while, but it's one of those games where it's like, I don't know, it's there's some charm to it. I think it's like the weird characters, like yeah. Like, and I think I, it's one of those games too where you you might get bored with it, but then let's say like a month later, it's starting to get winter and you want to get back into it. And um, I'm guessing you know it starts snowing and yeah. winter holidays start coming up, so it changes. Yeah. And but, it, um, I like the characters. Like they'll say some of the most random, weird shit. And I'm like, okay, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, who wrote this? Yeah, my favorite is uh, Lucha, the uh, little bird that's a luchador. Yeah, he's the coolest one. There's also the um, the tiger. I forgot what his name is. Rowan, I think. I like him. And then there's like the goth horse, <laughs> who's like, hey, whatever. I know you hate me, but whatever, dude. <laughs> I wish I wish Nintendo would make a Zelda game with just like bizarre characters like that. You'll just walk around, like you know, do side missions, and there's bizarre characters. They're like emo emo kids, and it doesn't make any sense. You're like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah, kind of, I mean, not to get into Shenmue too much, but it kind of reminds me of Shenmue, just because you're walking around this town. You're not really. You're just kind of dicking around, talking to people. It's. It's not exactly like Shenmue, but you know what I mean. It's kind yeah, of yeah. Of point. course, it's it's not like Shenmue, but it's like it has that whole like oh, just community feel. I guess that Shenmue mm-hmm. had where you didn't. I I understand where you're coming from. It's very casual and more laid back game. Well, I th- I think with the weather changing and with the characters on time schedules, like they'll go to bed and they'll wake up in the morning. That's that's kind of what it reminds me of. It's just a shame that it doesn't have. Nintendo games because I I think the older ones had like NES games built into them. Yeah, but you had to like buy an add-on for it, and it was like an add-on that nobody had. And mm. It was like it was it wasn't even worth the, the effort. No. Oh. So yeah, so I'm I'm playing that and also Project X Zone. Which um, do you want to talk about that now? Uh, we could we could chat about it a little bit right now if you want. Have you played much at all? No, not too much. I I not no, I haven't actually at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I only played the demo and I was like, oh, I got to get it." It's it's good. I mean, I people are complaining about how it doesn't have as deep of a battle system and it's not super challenging, but I mean, it's personally, over the, it's over the top action, dude. That's all I wanted with cameos of my favorite characters. Yeah, I mean, I I like it in that sense. I don't I like how you don't have to sit through the enemies fighting you, really. You don't have to go to item shops or rest up. It's just it really just moves along. You go to a place, everyone's like, oh, why are we here? And they talk for a bit, and they give you a whole bunch of fan service, and then you fight. And it's uh, and there is strategy to it, because, I mean, you have to hit the you hit the enemies, and they you know like fly up in the air, and you have to hit them at the right times. And you kind of get into this rhythm where like you'll hit them in the air, and then you'll call in a, a neighboring team. And I got it to this point where there were like five characters on the screen fighting, and it was pretty cool. 
it's 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 over. I, I think it's pretty well done. I think the the fan service is really well done. Like the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think some uh, somebody posted. I haven't got to that part obviously, but somebody posted like there's a little joke about uh, Mega Man Legends three being uh, canceled. Yeah, and it's like yeah. that's that's pretty good. Like I like that kind of stuff. And I was surprised too. I mean, people were complaining that it didn't have as many recognizable Sega characters, but the Virtua Fighter guys and the um, Dynamite Cop Bruno, uh, he's they're they're pretty. I mean, they're in the game a lot. They have a lot of dialogue, so it's and, not like Sega's pushed to the side. Yeah, it's pretty, but they're pretty obscure characters. I think a lot of people just wanted like Sonic and uh, <laughs> or like Vector Man or something that's like. Uh, but I've noticed that they try to stray away from cartoony looking characters. Like yeah. they, they went for more like people that are human. Mm-hmm. So and also, it was a game made for Japanese audiences. I mean, kind of like Sega Gaga. I mean, we never got that. You look at that game, and sure, there are references to more recognizable brands, but a lot of it's like really obscure stuff that I don't think Americans would pick up on. So they didn't. They never made the game with Americans in mind. So. It makes sense that we wouldn't see those things. Plus, I don't really want Sonic in the game just because, like you said, it's a lot of humans. So it'd be kind of strange to have all these guys and all of a sudden Sonic's there and he's like, hey, Knuckles, he stole the emerald again. Oh, Oh, guys, (laughs) god damn it. And I don't know. I don't think Sega wants to see Sonic in like, I don't know. I'm surprised he wasn't on it. But then now that I think about it, like the whole character casting. He would just yeah. not. He would just stick out. Like it's like having Pac Man next. He's like walking. Yeah. He's like, he's like walk, 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 walk. He's like okay. It might it might break some uh, brand rules too, and we could probably ask Aaron this. But um, Sonic fighting humans, you know, and like killing them, that might be something that they just don't want for the brand. Yeah, most likely. Um, Plus, with all the boobs too. I mean, Sonic and all those humans with boobs. Sonic loves boobs. I'm sure he does. I know he does. Just not publicly. He, yeah, definitely. Pri- private? Go ahead. Privately. Go ahead. But, um, so who cares? I'm enjoying it. Uh, it actually makes me want to get into a lot of the games. Like, um, I like the scene with the Dead Rising guy, uh, Frank West, talking to Bruno, Dynamite Cop, and they were... You posted they on had, Instagram, like, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And they, like, they know each other professionally, so they're like, oh, hey... I heard about you in that cruise ship, and then he's like, "Yeah, well, I, I really like your work on that story. I read it; it's great." <laughs> it's like they're, they're like that, getting along. That's the kind of stuff I like because, like, if you think about it, a lot of that stuff is very obscure. Like, how many people are going to know about the fucking of a uh, dynamite cop? But the funny thing is, too, uh, Dead Rising really is took a lot from Dynamite Cop in the sense that you're just running around using anything as a weapon in yeah. the stage. Yeah, so it's pretty cool that they like pair that up. Yeah. For dialogue, that's pretty cool. And the attacks are great too. I like um Bruno's special is I forgot what it's called, but it's like it's like uh he uses the golden axe and then he takes out pepper and starts shaking it on them and then he hits them with the grandfather clock and then like he's like, Oh, I have to get out of here and then like the stage explodes. <laughs> that's and he starts like crying. He does like these manly tears and his shirt is all ripped up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Kazuma would have been a pretty good one to have on there, but yeah, yeah, I wanted to mention that too. I think Power Stone characters would have been great. It's a shame they didn't make it in. Yeah, um, you could tell the game is very low budget, though. Right when you look at it, you're oh, like, yeah. "Shit, this is low budget as hell." But I, I'm surprised it was good. I thought it was gonna be crap. I think I wrote a lot of articles, and I was like, "Don't worry about it coming west." The last one was crap. So, because yeah. they did another one before with just Namco and Capcom, this is mm-hmm. this one added Sega. 
which yeah. made us interested in it, obviously. Uh, but it's um, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's not like a triple A title. Everyone's giving it like eight out of tens and Bs, and I think it it's. But it's one of those games where it's like a solid B, and it kind of like with we bring it up a lot. Viking, you know, it's like one yeah. of those games where it's not perfect, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And if you want to, I mean, in this, if you're a fan, the fan service is there. It's worth picking up just for that, most likely. Oh, yeah. I'm playing to get to Ulala. I'm looking forward to that. And, oh, the other game I was playing, it has a Sega reference. I, well, I've been playing the demo. It's The game's supposed to come out today. It's an indie game for PC. What is it? It's called Rogue Legacy, okay? I mm-hmm. played the demo, and I was like, I need, I need this game. Basically, the point of the game is it's a 2D, like a rogue they call it Rogue Light, but it's basically a rogue game, and it plays kind of mm-hmm. kind of like Castlevania. So you go in and you hit things, and they you know like Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. So you're you're exploring this dungeon and trying to fight a boss, but the problem is you'll never beat it. Like you have to level up. And the way you level up is uh, you go in there and you get money, and then mm-hmm. you die, and then you have to pick your legacy. So you have to pick your child, and then it shows you the traits. Oh, like that's funny. So you'll have like baldness. This one's gay. Uh, or like this one's uh, uh, can't see color. He's colorblind. So if you yeah. pick the colorblind kid, every the whole game is black and white for until he dies. And then you pick your next child, and you basically uh, have to like uh, level up your castle and get blueprints and like pass on your legacy to the next one. So right. like, and one of them, uh, there's a Sega reference. One of them has hedgehog disease or whatever they call it or something like that. Basically, yeah. every time you get hit, all your coins fall. That's funny. So I was like, oh, I Shinobi need it. too. I'm looking at the trailer right now on mute. On oh the trailer? There's a Shinobi trait too. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but yeah, it's a pretty interesting game. It's uh, so weird. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting game, and I and I want to have it, but apparently I can't buy it on Steam. It's not there. Apparently it was part of a humble bundle, and mm-hmm. I guess it's I should have bought it. It was probably like seven bucks with three other games. Right. But uh. Yeah, it looks pretty cool, and uh, the cool. demo the demo is pretty awesome. So, if you, I guess people could Google and download the demo, and that's that's all I've been playing. Nice. So we've, I mean, uh, it's a slow news week, but we've been playing a lot, which is rare. Yeah, it's very rare. <laughs> Usually, I'm like, I've been playing Sonic Dash. What have you been playing? Uh, not much. I've been busy. Yeah. So I I've been playing. I've been I've been trying to play through my Steam library of games. So. I'll probably be talking about more of those kind of type of indie games. Very cool. So and let's get into. Uh, sh- oh, what do you want to? No, no, no. Say? That's it. I was gonna say we should get on to the next thing, but yeah. Yeah, let's get into Sega Bits news. So uh, let's see. Oh yeah, I went to the Too Many Games Expo in Oaks, PA, about geez, two weeks back, maybe two and a half. And uh, I didn't. I didn't really like. I got press passes, but. Um, to be honest, there wasn't too much there to report on, but I did get to meet uh, Nathan Barnett, which um, uh, he plays Keith Apicary, and he was uh, Keith Apicary that day. So I met Keith Apicary, um, and uh, yeah, he was—he's a really cool guy. I mean, was he in character, character? Was he in character the whole time? He was in character the whole time. It was pretty yeah. funny. I think he but, just lives uh, that character. I think now. He's, I've seen videos where it almost appears like he goes on three-day events. Like to E3, and he's he was Keith for the airplane ride, and like it's I, it's funny stuff. <laughs> but I mean, I saw him there, and I was I had my friend with me who had uh, my camera, which also does video. So I said, "Hey, can you 
set it to record and I'll go ask if he wants to do a video. And I, I went over there and he's, he's a really nice guy, really approachable. Um, I came up and I was like, uh, hi. No, I was like, Hey, I'm Barry from Segabits. And, and it, it, it was uh, great cause he actually recognizes us from the Instagram. So oh, if yes. anyone ever says, what is Instagram good for? There's your answer. It's good for meeting people. <laughs> so I, I just started it when it started up because I was like, it could be interesting. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a pretty pretty little fun ex- little thing we do on the side. Oh, definitely. It's easy to and, run. Yeah. And people like it, it seems. Yeah, definitely. But, so, uh, um, yeah, he recognized me from that. And uh, we, we had a little small talk. And then he, he was signing some autographs. And when he came back, I asked him if he'd do the video. So, yeah, I put that up on YouTube. And um, after the video, he... he uh, signed my DVD that I picked up of his and, um, and, uh, he told me to go over to his show, which was in an hour. So he did a music show and, uh, I, I didn't even know he did music. I was looking at it. I was like, why do, I'm like, why do you do music? Like, I, I guess, <laughs> I guess why not kind of a thing. Well, they're, they're parody tunes. He, um, actually reached out to this and I, I don't know the guy's name, so I'll, maybe we can add it to the show notes or I'll tweet it or whatever. But, um, He's like a chiptune artist uh, from Europe who does these beats for him. And then he writes songs about like retro games and performs them. So uh, if you check a, out them. He has a Dreamcast music video though, right? Yeah, he has this really good Neo Geo music video. And uh, on his DVD, he did the behind the scenes. It's pretty ingenious how they did it. He like had this cabinet that he put on this rig with the camera. And they filmed it going around and then they intercut. So it looked like the cabinet was moving throughout the city, but it was a single shot with the cabinet there. Yeah. Kind of cool. And they green screened the footage on it. So the footage on the game never changed, even though the background did. It was pretty cool. Nice. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was the highlight of my uh, visit to that meeting Keith Apicary. So, <laughs> so, so that's that, that. So how was the rest of the event? Oh, it was uh, it was pretty good. I was actually expecting a lot more uh, used games. I I took eighty bucks out, and by the end of it, I only spent forty. And even then, I was kind of buying things that I didn't really want. But um, I didn't. I figured I wouldn't be able to find them anywhere else. I got a uh, Dreamcast Japanese keyboard, and <laughs> for a dollar, a Dreamcast web browser, and. Uh, a few a few portable games, uh, Crazy Taxi for Game Boy Advance, and uh, what was it, Legend of Illusion or something for um, Game Gear, one of the Illusion games. So, but yeah, I was. It's it's tough being a Sega fan going to these things because really it's all about you know either they'll have stuff from the last generation, lots of PlayStation Two and Xbox games, or they'll have a bunch of Nintendo stuff. But when it comes to like Saturn or Dreamcast, they don't. It depends on the dealer, but for the most part, they don't have that much. Yeah, so. I can see. I can see why, but it, it it is tough being being a Sega fan for that kind of stuff because you want to. You you're like, they're gonna have Saga there. I know it, man. And you pick it up. Yeah. And you get there, and it's like, oh, dude, they have like Sonic One, like <laughs> box copy. Everything. Everybody has that goddamn game. Yeah, I think I've reached that point at least with Dreamcast, where I have all the games I really want, and any of the ones that I don't have are so hard to find that I'm just not going to find them in a bin anymore. It's going to be on like an eBay auction for fifty bucks. Like uh, my brother, uh, he, I don't know why this happened, but he was talking to me the other day about how he wants to collect Dreamcast games. I have no idea. I guess it, it runs in the blood now. Um, yeah. 
And he's like, I want Skies of Arcadia. I want it. And I, my copy is already all screwed up. Like, I used to play the crap out of that game. So right. he's, like, looking for it on eBay, and he's like, damn it, dude. It's going for, like, 35 up. Like, it's not that bad, 35 That's up. That's not bad. That's not that bad. He, but, he's, but he's all saying he keeps on getting outbidden, and I'm just like, honestly, if you really, really just want to play it, just download the damn game. It's like Sega's not making money off of it anymore. Unless yeah, you really yeah. want the freaking copy. Unless you're a collector yeah. or you're skittish about ruining your laser with burned discs. But... um. Yeah, it's um, but my the big thing I wanted to get was a master system, and it sucked because every dealer I went to, they were like, "Oh, we sold it," and I was like, "Can I ask how much?" And they're like, thirty bucks." And I was like, "God damn it!" I went to this one stand, and the guy's like, "Yes, we have it." And I'm like, "Yes, how much?" And he's like, seventy-five. I'm like, "Come on, seventy-five? No, it's and like um, gone." No, he the same guy. He also for two hundred and fifty dollars, he had the Dreamcast karaoke unit. Which probably four years ago, that thing was maybe maybe forty bucks on eBay because it doesn't do a thing. It doesn't do anything now. Yeah. So, but what were you gonna say? I was gonna say uh, the be- the one uh, I've had overpricing before. Like when I uh, a while back, I went to the like a flea market and they had uh, some guy had a, a Japanese Sega Saturn mm-hmm. with uh, like. 15 Sega Saturn games, like yeah. Japanese ones. Yeah. And uh, he he wanted uh, he wanted like $400 for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, no, that's not going to happen. So I just bought a few of his games, which he, he bought. He sold, them to, he sold them to me for like – he wanted 10 bucks, and I got them down to 5 bucks each. So I got yeah. three games, and it was like uh, – I can't even freaking play them anyway. So <laughs> um, it was uh, an anime game from uh, Blue Seed. I think it used to be an anime uh mm-hmm. shinobi the sh- uh the shinobi game but the japanese version right I, it had a different name over there i think it was a like shinobi x mm-hmm. and um one of the shining games like the one that's kind of like a like a zelda-ish game i guess okay uh the arc one i don't even know what it's called shining but, arc yeah shining of the holy arc yeah that's the one so yeah. it's like not really games well besides the shinobi one i guess right I can't really play because there's text, but it was pretty. I still just wanted him to have them because <laughs> I sometimes I just want Sega stuff. Yeah, after the show though, I was I was kind of itching to get something, so I actually went the next week. I went to the retro game store that's in my area, and I found I I probably found better. He has more stuff there that I actually wanted than at the convention itself. But, but the convention um, was at least fun to go to, no? Oh yeah, the convention was great. There was a lot of panels. I didn't. I wanted to go to the Angry Video Game Nerd panel, but that was uh, too late. I had to get going. But um, no, the convention was well worth it, and it was great looking around and seeing all the stuff. Um, the I didn't learn till later that Hardcore Gaming 101 was there, the guys who did that Sega arcade history book. Oh, yeah. Because I saw this dealer with a stack of them. I figured he was just selling them. Turns out it was like the head of the site. And That would have been, uh, been a pretty cool uh, video thing. Yeah, and with considering our Sega Retro connection and the fact that he actually used uh, um, assets from Sega Sega Retro, he kind of owes us, right? <laughs> yeah, get, at least an, uh, at least a little uh, camera time. Yeah, yeah, but um, no, I went to my local game store and I got some cool stuff. I got some uh, Sega CD games and things like that. But um, yeah, and 
I guess to to get off this last thing I'll say is that like I was telling you I fixed my Sega CD so that was the big thing to happen to me and I didn't do a goddamn thing except for switching the power box uh, the power cables for the Sega CD and for the Genesis. Over that isn't that how IT works though? You just like switch it's, power cables. And it's you're such like, bullshit because everywhere online everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, Genesis and Sega CD use the same power cable." They don't. It's like uh, they're one volt difference. And I believe this, the Genesis can use the Sega CD one, but the Sega CD can't use the Genesis one because Sega CD needs 10 volts and the Genesis one's 9 volts. It's, I don't know, it just pissed me off. You we, Don't worry, there's going to be a 2,500-word uh, article on the site about it. Oh, I'm going to write it tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the frustration of power cables it's going to be a monday memories next week i'll i'll be like remember when i was pissed off last week <laughs> oh, power cables great memories i'll get one comment and it'll be like uh where's sonic we're uh they would probably be like sega only had five games at e3 they're going broke that's the comment <laughs> talking about uh, uh comments uh we yes. should probably talk about uh shampoo 3 Yes, it's Shit. this new shampoo I use on my... No, um... Yeah, we'll talk about this real quick. So, it, uh, where Just should get, I begin? Well, let's begin... Okay, we wrote an article two... Like two you wrote an article two years ago. <laughs> two and a half years ago. And it was uh, stuff that Sega fans... This is probably when the site was like six months old, most likely. Yeah. And it's like... It was a... Uh, it was probably one of your first articles on with us, probably, too. And it was yeah, stuff yeah. that Sega fans shouldn't do. It was it was an opinion piece of things that annoyed me, things that Sega fans did that annoyed me, and so they were things that I thought. That's the the key word. I thought Sega fans should stop doing, and if you actually look at the article, nearly every comment at the time were people agreeing with me, and even even Scarred Son, who is the uh, head of Sonic Retro, came over and was like, "Yup, pretty much this," you know. <laughs> but, that's not what she sounds like, by the way. No, I don't. Think she's, I don't <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, we have talked to her. I don't. I don't remember. Like, I sound. You sound like a smoker right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't she smoked. Don't worry. I do that voice for everyone. But um, no. But I mean, I, I think I made a, a lot of really obvious, valid ones, like asking Sega to make put Capcom games out on like Xbox Live, like Power Stone, and uh, what was another one? Uh, well, the most popular one, uh, Shimmy yeah. fans uh, not whining about Shimmy 3, like, in random posts on Facebook. Like, imagine you're a developer, okay, and you're working really hard on this game. Yeah. For, and then you're like, hey, check out, he's like, Sega's finally posted by your game, first comment. Give us Shimmy 3, you bastards, I don't want this shit. Yeah. It's and a fucking, it's a little, it's, come on. I think it's disrespectful, and I also think it doesn't add a damn thing to the conversation. Now, I, I totally get that, you know, in, in the Internet age, you can write whatever whatever the fuck you want. And, you know, some most of the time there's no consequences. So if you're on YouTube and you see a video, oh, this fucking sucks, that guy looks fat, you know. Or, <laughs> uh, and, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, I can't stop anyone from doing it. If they keep doing it, they can keep doing it. I'm just saying I personally think it's stupid and that I think people should stop doing it. But or at least if you do it, assess it. Like, ass assess yourself and be like, all right. So if, if Sega's making a Facebook post about a game unrelated to Shenmue, which there are a lot of them nowadays, and to be honest, a lot of them are actually really good. Some of them are not very good, but in that case, just ignore them. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, when Sega 
of America, Sega West, key emphasis on that, are talking about games that they are publishing or developing, like Three Rings, for example. Asking for Shenmue on that thing doesn't do anything. The community manager who puts that up sees that it doesn't affect him. It's like white noise at this point. It's not yeah. like he's going to go, oh, God, hey, get Sega of Japan on the phone. We got another get, one. Get Yuzuzuki on the phone. There's five comments on this goddamn post. <laughs> this so is... that, was, that was my maiden complaint because I just think it's spam. And it's like, you know, if, if I completely agree in wanting Shenmue 3, I really want it too. But I know for a fact that that sort of uh, method doesn't do anything. It just annoys people, especially people like, you know, you or I or tons of other fans who like see a screenshot for a new game coming out that they really want to play. Like even a really great one, like let's say one of the Yakuza titles and people go, oh, fuck this. I want Shenmue 3. I got a question if they even played a Sega game in the past 10 years. They probably you haven't, know? but it's like, I also hate it when they compare it to Shinmu. It's like, you got to yeah. think about it. it. I can see why they would think it's like it because of the mini games. That thing, mm -hmm. but Yakuza is, to me has always been a, a a big version of like a 3D Streets of Rage. You go around, you beat people. It's like RPG mixed with like, it's like a mixture of genres to me. It's like, it has those mini games on the side. It has mm -hmm. like that soap opera, <laughs> manly soap opera storyline. Oh like, yeah, definitely. And then it has that's over the top. It has the beat 'em up like Streets of Rage, yeah. and it has the open world. But it's not really open world. It feels more like an RPG world where you randomly yeah. fight people. It's but not I gotta like, say it. It's not like Shenmue. It's it's a successful franchise. Unlike Shenmue, unfortunately, at least monetarily. And this is so. And, and, well, there, there's a lot of reasons why Shin Shenmue it, it did not. It did sell more, most likely the first one. Yeah. But you got to think about it. Okay, these. Okay, this is getting on to the next thing about their uh, what they want. Well, let's yeah, let's. So let's not go there yet. But so. But I'm uh, gonna uh, one other point I wanted to make too. Now you know Sega will will make a post about an iOS title that they're publishing. Now, to be fair, some of the iOS games I'm not really into. Some of them I actually am. But again, when when they're like, oh, hey, like Puzzle Quest is coming out. That, I don't think that's a real, real game. But they're like, hey, Puzzle Quest is coming out. And people go, oh, why aren't you putting, why aren't you making Shenmue 3? It's not one-to-one -one at all. It's yeah, it's an like iOS title that they're publishing compared to a multi-million dollar game for consoles. Now, the other argument is, oh, well, then when they talk about multi-million dollar game for consoles, I'm going to complain about Shenmue 3. But the question is, why, why are you asking to take away one potentially great game, like let's say Binary Domain or any of the recent Sonic games, in favor of Shenmue 3? Why, why would Sega dump development of a proven franchise and pick up Shenmue 3 in the perfect world they would be making the games that we love right now. They would be focusing less on games like Aliens Colonial Marines and at least quality-wise, because I'd love to see the Aliens game coming out from Creative Assembly, and we would get Shenmue 3. See, that's the perfect world. So I don't understand shitting on other franchises in favor of Shenmue 3. I, don't, I always loved Sega when they have a lot to give us. Yeah, like they're going to put all their eggs in one basket and it's going to be a Shenmue 3 basket. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if they really want to do that, I'd be. I, I want to play Shinmi Three, so I, I would be more than happy. But it's not going to happen, and you whining about it on post isn't going to make it any better. So yeah, so that was the main. That was the main thing of that two and a half year old article was me saying I found it annoying when people talked about games that Sega clearly were not going to. I shouldn't say that. That's not true because I I really think they that there's a chance that they could make Shenmue Three. But what I'm saying is. It just it doesn't help the situation at all, in any case. So and it's annoying. So anyway, I, I guess they dug that up and they thought that it somehow spoke against their campaign. Um, and the second thing that they dug up was a roundtable concerning Shenmue Three and how we wanted to see the game made. Um, I know. Uh, in- yeah, our con- no, it was it was our concerns about the whole uh, giving the license. It's like I think yeah. the whole idea of the article was more that we wanted more clarity before we s- stood behind a message. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, also, this was at the time when Yu Suzuki had just said, you know, hey, if they gave me the license, maybe I could make it. And and this Mark was Kearney, us responding. Mark to- Kearney and him were hanging out, I guess. Talking. No, this about was it. even before that. I think. Maybe. Yeah. But this was just in response to that idea. It wasn't in response to a specific Twitter campaign or anything like that. I was basically just referring to this idea of campaigning for it as the de facto way to make Shenmue 3. That's what I not so much disagreed with at the time, but what I put into question. Because like I brought up, if you develop a Shenmue game outside of Sega without the brand attached to them... Doesn't it lose a lot of the charm that we love from it? A lot of the key team members wouldn't be working on it. A lot of the references to classic Sega titles wouldn't be in it. The other question was, if you give Yu Suzuki the license, which is something I don't think Sega does. They don't give the licenses even to old franchises just away because they could always use them in the future. I think it's a bad I think it's a stupid business move. It's, It's great for the fans who really just want them to have it, but... Think about it this as, way. As an executive, you're not going to go, hey, let's give Sonic to Yuji Naka. Yeah, or or even... Or if, Billy Hatcher. Let's give Billy Hatcher to Yuji Naka. We haven't made why? a Billy Yeah, but why would you do that? Like, why am I going to give you something for free that we spend money on? Like, that doesn't exactly. make any sense. Like, that's he, not how... He was an employee. As much as Shenmue is his idea, he was an employee of Sega at the time. A lot of Sega's time and money and employees' efforts were put into the franchise. And so to just... You know, pluck that idea out of the Sega Pond, give it to him. I mean, clearly, I mean, I'm sure Yu Suzuki has money, but I don't think he's going to actively buy it from Sega. And at the same token, I don't think Sega is going to actively just give it to him as a gift. I mean, if it happens, it happens. But if you think about it in the long run, like Sega's been adding a little bit of uh, Ryu and stuff like yeah. uh, All Star Racing. You think he wouldn't be able to do that kind of stuff anymore? And yeah, I'm sure it, it just. It kind of shoots themselves in the foot, even if they're not planning to make a third game in the near future. It shoots themselves in the foot for licensing, which makes a fair amount of money. I mean, people would be surprised. You look at Star Wars, and the big win for George Lucas was retaining uh, merchandising rights on the franchise. Yeah. So to give that up, I mean, you can say... I wouldn't say you could say goodbye to the statues or the hooded sweatshirts, but you would definitely not see Sega pursuing those sorts of things because they don't own the license and i can't see yu suzuki actively being like hey i want to make some shenmue hats you know yeah and you got to think about it too you're giving it to i mean i'm not saying i mean you yu suzuki 
Mm-hmm. He's he's one of my favorite de- uh, developers in Sega. I think he's very underrated. Actually, I was actually ranting on about today about how there was a <laughs> there was a stupid thread on NeoGAF about how uh, uh, I guess Mark Kearney said on uh, Sony that they wanted to have the Nintendo Legacy, and yeah. they're saying like PlayStation will never have the Nintendo Legacy because I mean they've been around for twenty years. There's people that are nostalgic about the old PlayStation brand. I think the problem with uh, PlayStation is they don't have a, a solid enough fr- uh, first-party franchises mm-hmm. compared to Nintendo. Oh, definitely not. So, but they were calling Miyamoto uh, the god of gaming or like the father of gaming, and it's like Didn't he say that Yu Suzuki is the father of gaming and he is the mother of gaming. Yeah, so leave it <laughs> alone. Said- yeah, he did say that, but like. I think he he in certain genres he obviously heavily influenced. I'm saying like platformers, side scrolling platformers, huge mm-hmm. influence obviously. But right. Yuzuzuki, he he pretty much created 3D fighting games. He mm-hmm. did the racing games. He I Art, mean he, so many arcade um uh innovations so Ar- many, architecturally and technically. Yeah, he and he he pre, he popularized QTEs. No, I said popularized. They've been around before, but they he pretty much pretty much put them in the mainstream. Like after that after Shinmu came out, like people uh people took that and they used it in almost every game. Like yeah. all all the big games. And yeah. I I think some people now find it kind of annoying. Like I said Rise I think was a uh, criticized by hardcore gamers but then they turned around and wanted shimmy 3 which so it shows you that you have <laughs> that you have to use it in the right context you know what i mean use it yeah. correctly and yeah. uh so he he's done a lot of innovative but like right now he has a studio and the studio has only done a mobile game and that mobile game was free mm-hmm. and it didn't get updated i mean i haven't heard any updates about it so i'm assuming no. it, it, there wasn't much demand for it i believe it closed yeah, mobile game. Yep, it ended. Yeah, so but, I mean, yeah, it's, going, it's hard no, for Sega on. to to like say, oh, let's fuck yeah, let's get eighty million dollars and make a new engine and fucking uh, start freaking updating all the textures and put it on PS4 and Xbox One. So, yeah, so I mean, going to that back to that mention of when we were talking about that um, the concept of giving him the license. Basically, I believe that it isn't a black and white sort of simple situation it's something that like as we've just shown can be discussed and there are there are positives but there are also negatives and i i mean personally my opinion is i think the negatives outweigh the positives in the concept and so i mean that was my second point again these are my opinions yes opinions so when these things are being dug up they they started to point the finger at me saying well you hate you're against our campaign segabits as a whole does not support the give you the suzuki the license campaign which I, number one we've never said we don't support it in fact i don't even think we've mentioned the shenmue 500k group in any articles i don't even think we've mentioned aside from that one uh opinion piece where we were talking about the give you the Suzuki the license in its early phases of when it was just an idea being thrown around on Twitter that I was just questioning it. I wasn't against it. And so if anyone ever thinks that the webs the Segabit site is against the campaign or we're trying to like block it or stop it, that's just not true. And if anyone points to my opinions and say that, well, there's your proof right there, they're my opinions. I don't own the site. I might be an administrator and I might write a lot for it, but we've got other people there who 
surely have different opinions than me. And I just think of it like Shinmu to us is like a like a baby. You just don't yeah. you just don't give it away. Like, come on, man. As much as I love Yu Suzuki, I think Sega also was a part of the reason why the game was so great. I it was it was a, it was basic. I, I would consider that to be the most Sega Sega game. Like they had so many developers working on it. Some some huge names for Sega. Mm-hmm. They were they all put their they all put their uh, touches on it. And it, it's you can't just give it a one person. It's like yeah. I mean, if I, if I want to use an example to use Star Wars again, it's like saying give George Lucas Star Wars and take it out of Lucasfilm. But then you're taking away industrial light and magic you're taking away skywalker sound you're taking away the um you know the uh, sound designer the um composer you know these are all big name people who really you know put their mark on the franchise even if they weren't the ones to create it so just like with shenmue there are a lot of behind the scenes people that we just don't typically name names of who were just as influential as yu suzuki if not more so in some areas. And so, I mean, if you just, if you take it out of Sega and you expect all of the good aspects from Sega to follow it and assist you Suzuki in some, you know, outside of Sega development, I, I don't think that really makes sense. And I think also a lot of the people, they might, I don't even know if they're alive anymore, but anyway. <laughs> they're all dead. So, they're all dead. Suzuki's no, been but, killing them and having his revenge. So, so those those were the main things that brought that up. But I, I finally I went online and I talked to them, and it seems like things are all cool now. I tweeted their um, hashtag as a sign of uh, of respect. But um, <laughs> I should I should note too that, and you brought this up, and I think it's it's fair to bring up on this is that you know there's this whole idea of we need to take revenge. They took Shenmue away from us. We need our revenge. We need Shenmue three. But I've never seen the franchise as being about revenge. No, I mean, Shin, surely Shin, he's he's on a quest for revenge. But it, as it's evidenced in the dialogue and in the story and all these aspects, that's he's going about it the wrong way. And in the end, it's it's really point. It's not pointing towards revenge. This isn't Kill Bill, where it's like I gotta kill Lon D, and he's gonna kill Lon D. It's more like. Well, here you you take it. You you have your opinion on this. Um, it, a lot of the scenes in uh, in Shinmu, especially in the second game when he goes to China and he starts training, it's more about letting go of, of revenge. And I and I think that's what the part of the game that kind of spoke to me because usually when you play a video game, it's not really they don't really talk about that kind of stuff. You know, like this guy killed your father, go kill him. You know, it's like in a video ga- in most video games, especially Amer- Western games. Mm-hmm. You kill all these freaking people, like you go in an Uncharted and you shoot all these people, they all die. They don't talk about repercussions. They don't talk about them coming back and like the cycle of like violence just going over mm-hmm. and over again. And Shimu like was one of the games where I was like, really, I haven't really killed anybody, really. And no. like revenge. And then she talks about I think that when you're doing the flower or the the pink thing, that was like a really like big scene to me. Like yeah. she, when she talks about like. Revenge is just a cycle, and like, and then when you find out more about Landy and how he's revenging, you having revenge for his father, you're starting mm-hmm. the cycle too, and it's I think it's really deep, and I think that's why I like Shimmy personally, and I, I and I don't understand these like we got to kill Landy uh, Shimmy fans. It kind of upsets me a little bit. Yeah, it's like not what the message of the game was. Yeah, it's uh, I, 
like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. He he went there and his uh in the end he threw down his lightsaber because he didn't want to kill his father. He didn't want to take revenge. So cuz revenge I, leads to the dark side. So I mean, I think in the future we'll have hopefully get one of the Shenmu Dojo uh administrators on maybe one of the people from the campaign but that's one of the things i really want to talk about is is both um the direction the series was heading uh with the hints leading towards three especially um story wise and theme wise and i also just want to talk about and just to to finish this up the uh the most recent article i made where i threw out the question and i didn't get as many answers as i'd hoped but maybe that says something uh where i asked what are the what are positive and effective ways to ask for Shenmue three? I I think uh, I think Sharky. Good, oh, oh I was say Sharky had oh, a pretty on. good idea. Like, I think he wanted for a while when we started Sega Bits and we weren't even popular. He wanted mm-hmm. to start a, a shit. Uh, I think he mentioned this on the on on those guys' comments, but mm-hmm. he we he hosted it on my server and it was basically Shenmue campaign. Dot com, I think he, he got the URL and it was uh, he wanted people to send him like handwritten letters about what Shimu meant to them and why they wanted a sequel kind of thing or they wanted mm-hmm. to finish it. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to bag it all up and t- ship it to like Sega Japan mm-hmm. as a like look at all these people still remember this game like mm-hmm. and I thought that would be better than spamming Sega's Facebook. That, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely that. And also as much as you know technology has advanced probably even since then i think that speaks much more to sega than a hashtag sega is not going to click a hashtag and go oh my god look how many times people retweeted that oh these must but be all these must be all the unique people too now like, not to say that those campaigns don't work no i'm not saying they, they don't. do but i i think that sort of idea where you and especially I mean, who who are the decision makers? That's something to ask, too, because I don't think the Sega of America community team are the people to ask. That's not their job. They don't. Sega of America didn't develop Shenmue. Yeah. Sega of America didn't conceive Shenmue. At most, Sega of America localized Shenmue, did advertising here, probably worked a bit, but. They did it's, pretty it's bad definitely... localizing, though. Like, yeah, the voice yeah. is pretty. <laughs> but it's. I mean, Yu Suzuki was involved in the localization, too, I should say. But. Um, no, it's 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 really you. Sh- I think the target should be Sega of Japan, and I think the best way to get their attention is to physically send them things. I mean, there are a lot of people who work there in Japan who who worked on the original Shenmue games. So even if some high level executive gets it and goes, "Oh, hey, we got the Shenmue shit," I don't want to read it. I think <laughs> it it definitely would make the rounds. Unlike a hashtag, uh, you know, I just I think a physical mailing is much more of a, you know, 10,000 10, tweets still look like one tweet. It's not, there's no weight to it. But if you send 10,000 letter, letters, or I guess five 500,000, since that's the goal that they're looking for, letters, that really, I think, gets people's attention. So yeah. that's my say on it. I think, but I'd like to talk more about it, and I don't want to be branded some sort of, like, hater, because... I'm definitely a fan of the franchise, and I definitely want a third one. You know, I'm just not in complete agreement of certain methods, but and, that's not to say I'm against the whole idea. And the, the whole I, I think the idea of the Kickstarter, I think to me, 
as far as Kickstarter goes, it's a little ridiculous because you can't fund a, a twenty plus million dollar game on Kickstarter. No. Like I think the most I've seen was a couple million. Mm-hmm. And so I mean I would love to see use uh use Azuki's uh, uh team he has the I don't know what they're called U team, uh, team U. Uh, is it what they're called? Um, team U maybe I think. Um, him or even uh, Naka's team, uh, what is it Prope or Prope mm-hmm. or whatever, they should use Kickstarter mm-hmm. to do small PSN slash Xbox Live Arcade titles like. I mean, a, a little racer or a little something, because I think publishers are screwing both of them over, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I think that, that they should be doing that. I mean, Shimmy 3, that's a pretty big budget. I mean, if they if people like their games on PSN, I think publishers will see them. Because, I mean, didn't uh, Naka have a game that never came out on the Wii? He... Did he? Yes, yeah. yes. It was um, Rodea the Sky Warrior. And that game looked awesome. <laughs> and it was actually made for 3DS, too, which confuses me. I mean, Wii games aren't being made anymore, but 3DS. They could upsc- They could just port it to Wii U and make it a... Make it a digital title. Yeah. But I think they're getting screwed over, and I wish they- they're independent. They could just do it themselves, I mean, with crowdfunding. I think Yuzuzuki and Naka would get... I mean, especially Yuji Naka. I mean, that guy has, like, a, a-, a weird fan base that, like, wants to have his babies. <laughs> so he'll get the money. Yes. We should probably move on to the news that we're going to be here all night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's run through the news real quick. Anyway, um, oh, Yu Suzuki turned 55 on June 10th, and Sonic turned 22 on June 23rd. Those are the – that's the news. All right, moving on. To, what What do you want to say about that? Yu Suzuki's turned so is Sonic. I was going to say we're, we've been talking about him so much already, and I was like, happy birthday. That's it. Happy birthday, guys. They're getting drunk so, together, so... Yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder. I should check my Shenmue manual to see, or my guide, to see if anyone has a June 10th birthday. I'll bet they do. For I'm all the sure. people in the town. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Ryo Hazuki's birthday is the day after mine. I think, wasn't his father murdered on his birthday? I have no idea. I don't remember. Here, you do the next news thing. I want to look this uh, up. Bayonetta 2 will have touch control option, which sounds pretty mainstream to me, and mm-hmm. uh, two-player mode. Uh, I'm, I don't really care. I mean, they haven't really talked about the two-player mode and I, or I haven't really looked up information on it. But mm-hmm. honestly, if it's optional, I don't give a shit. Like, touch control, whatever. I don't give a fuck. As long as the game plays awesome regularly, I, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play it because I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I guess it's just kind of... Um optional stuff optional stuff they're just trying to take advantage of the gamepad which to be fair to be honest i don't think it's the most amazing piece of tech but uh they're trying what they can anyway uh ryo hazuki he was born on november 29th and the game starts on november 29th where his father's murdered so his dad was murdered on his birthday oh man that's that's some cold blood of shit that's why he's pissed off Anyway, so he's yeah, like, "Where's my birthday. goddamn birthday present? Oh, my dad's death! Thank you, Landy. This is what you gave me for my birthday." <laughs> uh, oh, Marza, Marza Animation Planet's next movie will be called Robo Dog. Too cute, bro. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I put in the show notes, by the way. Um, um I, I, yeah, I guess it's supposed to be a family-friendly film. I guess I think they have some of the people that like uh, did TMNT, the the CGI one. I, I when I saw it, I liked it, but now a bunch of people complain about it, so. I probably hate it now. Story's boring, but animation's good. 
I think that's probably what I liked. I I think I was I, I think when I heard it announced, I was I was thinking like, oh great, another t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I bet it's gonna be worse than Part Three. Yeah. <laughs> so it was better than Part Three. Yeah, for sure. Three was terrible. Um, Crimson Dragon creator wants to make Crimson Dragon RPG, and the reason I'm so excited is because it's gonna be kind of like a spiritual successor to Panzer Dragoon Saga. Yeah, I mean, as much shit as people give the the Xbox One, I would really like Crimson Dragon to at least sell well. So uh. I would like it to sell well too. But uh, I mean, we had Knuckles, and I don't know if you listened to the show with Shigs and Knuckles. They but played it. They didn't like it, did they? They, 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 they Their main complaint was that uh, it's too slow compared to mm-hmm. uh, Panzer Dragoon, and yeah. I and I hope if it is too slow, I hope it's not too slow. I hope if it is too slow, they kind of like. Well, they say if you play with the controller, it's too slow. But if you play with Connect, I mean, they didn't have Connect playing there because it's obviously kind of hard to show it in the showroom floor. Right. But uh, they said that it might pl- play better because you know you have more time to react and it's motion controlled. But right. I, I hope they they speed it up at least for the control. Like they're smart enough. Like okay, let's just speed it up for people that don't want to use Connect. So yeah. I guess we'll see when it comes out. But if it, they say if it sells good, they'll do an RPG, and I'm hoping they, it sells well enough because I would love to play. They should have done the RPG to begin with. Yeah, it, they said it has RPG elements too. I think you in between stages you like raise your dragon or something like that. So, so but uh, they um, what well, doesn't say something? I forgot what now. Oh, and then people were probably going to complain that Crimson Dragon might as well just made a Blue Dragon too. <laughs> so the, hopefully it's not like that i mean blue dragon was all right i mean it, but it was very uh dragon questy yeah so uh, hopefully it's not like that but yeah i, tr- I traded that to uh, sega uh uranus for um i think like one of the Wii fit games or whatever Wii party games and for uh sonic and the secret rings oh pretty good trade <laughs> I mean, the game, the, the game wasn't terrible. Like, when I played it, I was all into it because I was like, fuck yes, Japanese games. Cause... It's the Dragon Ball uh, character designer, too. Yeah, right? and, I, and I always love – I know a lot of people give him shit that all his characters look the same, and they do, all the all the human characters. I like them, though. But I like his art style, and I really love his monsters. He does the weirdest-looking monsters, and I always love it. Yeah. So that's why I like playing stuff he does, so – and uh, I don't know, the next news, uh, Echo the Dolphin and Shinobi 3 might be getting, like, well, they are probably going to get the 3D, 3DS ports. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sega teases Project 275, which is obviously another, like, girly rhythm game. So another another disappointing reveal from Sega. <sighs> well, I, it's, it's aimed for Japan, that's for sure, not for us. Yeah, I think we've had that discussion before. Yeah. I think people learned their lesson with the last one because no one got excited for this one. I'm t- or at least they didn't get. Oh, sorry. You know. I was gonna say no. I, I'm kind of disappointed that like I'm just I just don't like that trend from Japan. It's just such a weird trend. I don't understand it. Teasers. No, not the teasers. The whole idea that they want to have little girls singing. I don't understand it, but whatever. Hey, it's their country. I know, but they probably see us and they're like, these guys and My Little Pony, fucking weird. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say they see us and they're like, God, guys liking girls their own age. That's disgusting. <laughs> they're women. Ugh. Will, they're so old. I know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, uh, here, I'll do the next one. Sega recently announced Hero Bank. It turns out to be the latest project from Nagoshi. And uh, he's uh, just like what you posted up. To- there's toilet paper advertising the game. The, the, you, already, you already know it's going to be a good game when they tell, give you something to wipe your ass with. It's yeah, like, right. here you go. I don't know. I think it looks kind of 
kind of cool. It's nice to see a new IP and with Nagoshi behind it, it might turn out to be pretty good. I'm over here trying to, I'm trying to, I'm going to tweet Storm. I'm like, go to the event, bro, and give me some toilet paper and send it over. Oh, I'd love some. I would love that gift bag, actually. Dude, it looks pretty I, cool. I would too. I'm like trying to find a way to talk to Sega Japan to send us a couple. Oh my God. If we had an in with Sega Japan, we would be set. We'd get so much weird stuff. I don't even they even have a community team, dude. Oh my god, I want I just want that that toilet paper it's so ridiculous. Maybe I'll ask. We should ask Seg of America. We should. Well, yeah, we should actually. Actually, it'd be kind of weird. Yeah, you guys are pretty cool. We're just Japanese team. How to get a hold of these guys? <laughs> Aaron Aaron Weber will just write uh, the game's name on a piece of toilet paper and send it to us. He's like, here's the official toilet paper. <laughs> He's like, you just wrote that with a marker. Yeah. You you put Shimmy three though, so what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, uh, heavy rain. Oh, you want to go to the next? One? Oh yeah, I I saw the video. I don't know if you saw this one, but a heavy rain director and Yuzuzuki talk storytelling. I haven't watched it yet. No, I'm a bad man. Um, basically the idea was okay. It, it, the the video was really weird. Like it started off with Yuzuzuki sitting in a in a dark corner. I oh no, it, it, not, well, okay. He talks for about you know his games, Heavy Rain and whatever for like 20 minutes of the interview and then all of a sudden he's like oh yeah i have yuzuzuki here with me and he's sitting in a dark corner it doesn't make any sense and then then he's like i'm like okay this is already fucked up like i don't like the way this is heading and he tells him if if it's okay if he joins the the conversation and so i guess the guy from game informer knows japanese so he's talking to uh, yuzuzuki and yuzuzuki saying that he's a, a he really likes his game and uh but anyway, he's he. They're talking about uh, They're basically asking him questions about storytelling and what what they were trying to do. Like uh, he's uh, Yuzuki says that he wanted to add a bunch of stuff to make the game as long as possible. So like if they people wanted to spend a hundred hours in Shimu, they could. And uh, what's the name saying that he no he was total opposite. He was more about the experience, and uh, it was pretty interesting. Like their philosophies and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty. It was a pretty good watch. And uh, in the end, he he shows him pictures. I guess he took pictures of Beyond Two Souls. Uh huh. Because uh, I guess it was on the showroom floor, and he was taking pictures of everything at E3. He found interesting, like games. So later on, when he got home, he could like research them. So he yeah. found his game apparently interesting. I can see why Yuzuki <laughs> would find it interesting. He like, and uh, and the guy from and he, he talks about how. Uh, Shimu actually affected his game, the the one game with the serial killer. Oh right. You know how it was all QTEs. He said it was really influenced by Shimu. That's why he created the game like that. So did, it's pretty. Did interesting. they talk about? Uh huh. Oh yeah. So it's pretty interesting. Well, where does Heavy Rain take place? In America? Somewhere? It takes yeah. It takes place in America. He said that he like I remember reading an interview and he said that he's a French developer, and yeah. he said that he came. And he saw like, he when he was going through I guess the ghettos or the cities in 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 America he just noticed how depressing everything was so he yeah. made a game about it <laughs> like <laughs> set... I was... no go on yeah say here that's it I was gonna say I was gonna say like his from what I've seen of Heavy Rain it it looks like a European's take on America it does not look like America when you watch the game. Oh, I know. It's pretty it's, funny. It's weird. I mean, I was thinking Yu Suzuki maybe would have been like, yeah, when I made Shenmue, I, I really nailed the Japanese uh, look in the 80s, but you really fucked up on America, man. <laughs> yeah, it did dude, not I mean, look like America. It looked like some French French dude's take on the country. It's messed up. 
Yeah, it was pretty weird, but uh, it, the game was actually pretty decent. It had some uh, just uh, not really realistic take, I guess, on it. Right. But, but again, it was it, it, the QTEs on that game is a little extreme, though. If you don't like QTEs, do not play that game. I just remember Sean. 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 Like when Sean, he's, in the, he's in the mall. Sean. <laughs> really loud. And you push the button to make him say Sean. Sean. I'm just pressing it as fast as I can. Sean, 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 Sean. Uh, but yeah, that was that. It's a good video. You should watch it. Uh, well, you could talk about the next one. This is one you posted. Oh, no. You don't what want to is talk- it? Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Not Enough Rings, Sonic parody comic attempting a book release on Kickstarter. And since then, they've... Uh, there's still about 20 days left, but it has reached the goal, and I believe it has reached the stretch goal. I'll have to check. But um, Not Enough Rings is a fan comic, but unlike most fan comics, it's not about like Shadow hooking up with Cream the Rabbit. It's uh, it's more direct, uh, taking place directly in the original Genesis games in a little like three or four panel format for each. Uh, act and then it just kind of pokes fun at all of these things that exist in the game like uh, glitches that happened or funny things or kind of um, like goofy moments that don't really make sense in the real world and you know so it's it's a parody uh, of the games Um, they were trying to reach 6,500 they reached it right now they're at 9,975 for a published for like a published book like yeah yeah for a published book of um all of the strips from Sonic 1 through to Sonic and Knuckles and or Sonic yeah Sonic and Knuckles so um we need to start a kickstarter to do that way we could uh we I want to do a book on just like Yuji Naka's socks throughout the years and I'll yeah. have these high resolution pictures of all these socks <laughs> you know people would probably buy that yeah, dude, it'd be pretty awesome. We'll have like 2,500 word essays on each era and how he innovated, great. how innovative his socks were. We should put Sega Retro on uh, paperback and sell it as like a 10,000 page book. Just uh, just copy and paste it and start putting it. <laughs> People used to do that. But um, yeah, so it, it's a cool venture. One of the things, though, people were bringing up was does it um, infringe on copyright rules? Um Though I did point out that uh, um, this is when I was talking to these uh, Sonic Retro guys that the Sonic the Hedgehog fan film was collecting money from people. And I believe as long as they're not profiting off of it, it's just to pay for the materials and the production of it, then it is legal. Plus, there's the whole, you know, um, being protected by being a parody. So it, and I mean, the cover of the book doesn't say. Does it say Sonic the Hedgehog? I might be wrong. Yeah, it does say Sonic the Hedgehog, but it says it's a parody comic. So, so far, Sega hasn't done anything, and I personally don't think they should because it's not hurting anything. It's not like it's just... uh, I think. I think there's a there's like okay, they're using the characters. Okay, I can see how you can be scummy, but it's not really using them in a negative way. It's not like they have Sonic sucking a penis or anything. It's, right. It's, it's it's just something that like for fans that and they created themselves. It's not like they're just gonna copy and paste Sonic that, you know, s- screenshot and they put a little fucking, a little bit of text on the bottom that, have, yeah, that has a joke. It's it's completely, you know, made by them, just featuring the characters, but in parody situations. I guess it's similar to the uh, shirt punch t-shirts where 
Which Their I don't. Products. Yeah, but sometimes they get they, they get pretty like um like dude that's copyrighted for sure like that's true like they did this um they did this like GLA shirt where like Mario was like Batman or some shit and yeah. Sonic was just Flash but they took they literally traced a the Sonic one like one of the renders of him running mm-hmm. and they oh, just painted it red good. they just painted it red with like a Flash symbol and I'm like dude that's that come on that's too ridiculous that's not good. Yeah, but anyway. So, yeah, so um, I'm, I was a backer on that, so I'm looking forward to getting the book in September. And I hope and I think it's going to reach the stretch goal to make it a hardcover. Uh, one of the cool things is that the, you know, that little placeholder ribbon? Yeah. They they did the red and white one found from found on the title screen. You nice. Know? So yeah. that's a good touch. So, yeah, I- and uh, yeah. And that's the last one is uh oh the uh, wait up oh no Sonic Lost World 3DS version has online multiplayer Wii U doesn't which how I, is that what oh, is that basically I guess they're gonna have like four, four verse like I guess racing mode like a versus mode on uh the 3DS version and that one's gonna be online but mm-hmm. I think it just happens to be with the developers I think Dimps wanted to do online stuff. And mm-hmm. Sonic Team is probably like bruh, probably not waste our time with that, which I'm yeah. okay, I'm okay with because like honestly Sonic I don't ever play Sonic and I'm like fuck it let's get into the multiplayer. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even with what was the most recent one? Sonic Four Episode Two had online multiplayer. I did that once, and it was it was amusing, but it definitely wasn't something I come back to. So it's not that big a deal in my opinion, but anyway, no. some people are were wondering why it's on the Wii U, and most likely Sonic Team doesn't find it a priority. Yeah, that's fine. I'd rather they put their time into making the game for the single player. And uh, we'll we'll leave in the, with a little bit of love in the end. Conan O'Brien visits <laughs> three and falls in love with Bayonetta. I think that was pretty that was pretty cool. That was funny. Yeah, I, I like I like that. Uh, <laughs> I I just don't understand like some of the games they showed there, like. Sony showed a fucking like acid tripping game to what was from. with that? Yeah, like I don't understand. Like, hey man, check out the most powerful system ever made. Bam, a two D game that could be done in the Genesis. Yeah, and I mean, this was during E three when they the Xbox One had such a a bad debut, and the PlayStation Four was the big one. And then when you watch the video, they're like the PlayStation Four guys up in all the gra- you know, all of the the hardware. And then he shows this game, which, to be fair, it looks like a cool game, but it definitely yeah, yeah. looks like some. It could have been a PlayStation Three for all I care. It did not look like a PlayStation Four game. No, it definitely didn't. I think it was kind of trying to show the relationship that you know they're supporting indies, but like this is like <sighs> this natural. This is natural TV. Like, hey guys, I just got the the the, the most like uh, what is it like the most powerful console? Check out this PS PSN game that looks like you'd be on PS Three. Yeah, and then when they went over to the Xbox booth. Uh, the Major Nelson guy, he wasn't really doing that great of a job of selling the oh, console. Oh, hell no, dude. I don't but, understand him. It's <laughs> terrible. But to be fair, he showed the games, and it actually looked like a next-generation machine. Like, he was showing Dead Rising 3 and uh, Rise. Yeah, like, <laughs> they didn't even... Well, they didn't, Sony showed, like, a PSN title. Like, hey, check it out, PSN title, bro. Or maybe, I'm assuming they showed him a bunch of games, and they just used the funniest bit. Like That could be, but... You never knowing that Sony like I wouldn't have even I would have shown all the all the big name games. I wouldn't have shown any of the little ones in the in the case that they just went with that. 
But regardless of that, so, it, but that was funny. I like how he called her Sarah Palin, which is yeah. what I think we were calling her. Yeah, I, I wish they would have him play the game. I think for Nintendo's booth, I think it would have been pretty funny watching him like do the climax and watch her get naked. And he's like, "How do I do that again? That's what I want to do. That's it, you know." Because uh, Conan O'Brien does the perverted character every time he does video game stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And uh, that's actually it yeah. for news. So you still want to give your opinions on E3 before we, we cut it off? Yeah. All right, go for it. No, I think I'm good. Here, I don't want to talk I, I about the E3. I think enough has been said about E3, and so much has changed. So much has changed since then that I don't think uh, – Whatever opinions I had are probably relevant anymore. So that's true. But um, yeah, and I'm I'm uh, I'm heading off to California California next week, and I'm going to be gone until the following week. So this is the last show, at least for me, for another two weeks. That's what I got to say. He's leaving for the California lifestyle. Yeah. Well, that's what you do. Yes, yeah, true. I no. California sucks, dude. You you should stay where you're at. It's too hot over here. Yeah, I'll only be there for a week. All right, then. I guess uh, we'll see you. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe I might might do an episode next week if with if I get a if I get a pretty good guest. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided on who to ask, but as long as you don't get someone that I'll be jealous of not being able to talk to. Yeah. All right. I won't then. I'll get. I'll get. <laughs> uh, I'll try to get you Suzuki on. Damn it. No, I'm joking. Uh, yeah. Right. He doesn't speak English, so that would even. Oh well, well if, if I guess we'll see you maybe next next week or the week after. Yeah, if big news hits, then definitely. So this is George signing off. That's how we say it. And this is Barry uh, signing off.